Uh, we discussed last week the first major condition to uh, receiving the holy uh, influence uh, through the learning of Torah, which is that one should learn the Torah with the proper reverence. And as we said, that is really uh, breaks down into a few different parts. It has to be the right mental state, um, meaning an, an awareness, a heaviness of mind, uh, realizing in front of whom I'm standing, who am I toiling in front of over here, whose word am I involved in, right? has to be a right emotional state, no light-headedness, no light-heartedness, right? One joke in the beginning, like I just cracked with Haskell, and that's it, then, boom. Never again. Right, now, all seriousness, because you're learning Dvar Hashem, right? That's COVID Rosh, heaviness of head, uh, you know, if you got people doing brain surgery, and they're cracking jokes, Probably look for a different brain surgeon. Right? Don't surgeons do that though? Not that I'm a surgeon, but don't surgeons do that? Over like hopefully not in like when they're doing like really like when they're like going like deep in you know into the brain stem over there, right? Or like you know you're doing like open heart surgery, like not not at that time. Mm-hmm. I still remember when I was doing my cardiothoracic. Um, whatever, there was general surgery rotation, but the, the cardio surgery uh, and uh, you know, assisting, and, and all of a sudden, somehow, like I don't remember exactly what happened, but the point is, a like a major artery in the in the thigh, like open up and just starts gushing across, like across the operating room. And this surgeon just like flipped out, started screaming at the at, at the nurse, like get me! It was like, right. it was no, no joke cracking. No joke. Yeah. So the point is seriousness, right? So COVID Roche, right? So a person's got his feet up on the table, right? And he's uh, eating sunflower seeds. While learning, the, you know, the word of God, that's not that's not going to go. <laughs> if if you have in mind though that I think one of the things you said also last week that you could have in mind that what is Hashem trying to teach me in this moment, like what am I, or what is Hashem trying to say to me in this moment? Right? When you learn the Torah, yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the that's the intellectual state that we spoke about last time. Uh, so you're talking about intellectual. Right. Now it's okay. emotional, a state of. You know, kind of conduct and overall conduct. I mean, I could be thinking I'm wor- learning the, the word of, of Hashem, but, but not having the right emotional state. And then finally, we said also a physical state. It can't be in the bathroom, can't be with filthy hands, mm-hmm. uh, cannot be with, you know, that's why you know, we cover our head. Uh, these are all, these are all um, some of the criteria for learning with reverence that, that the Torah that you're learning should be act as a pipeline for bringing in the divine presence with you. Like the Mishnah Perkei says, that even a single person who learns Torah by himself, the, the divine presence is there with him. Right? But that's assuming all this, all these conditions are met. So, 
does that eliminate snacking in general? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. A person, if a person is. You just mentioned uh, the sunflower seeds. Well, I, 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 I selected sunflower seeds on purpose because sunflower seeds connotes, you know, or maybe I should pick like, you know, sipping a pina colada, you know what I mean? Like, meaning it's different if a person has been learning for a little while and he's kind of, and he's hungry and he takes out a, uh, you know, an energy bar and eats the energy bar. That's just, that's... That's very d- different than having a pina colada, right? So for for Americans, it's a pina colada. You know, for, for Russians, it's it's, a, it's, like, Russian. it's it's sunflower seeds. What? I was gonna say white Russian, but okay. White Russians, yeah, right. So what about drinking? Like, if you drink prior like your Shabbos, and then sh- should you not go to learn after until you maybe you know? No, no, no. The, the, what you're saying, if you if you tipsy, if you tipsy, is that what you're saying? Yeah, if you had a few drinks, is it is it better to, to not? I think. Not listen, by even by tefillah, we say if a person can be omid lifnei melech, meaning if if a person can stand in front of the king and act appropriately, then you can daven, even if you had some drinks. Interestingly, they say, you know. <coughs> And say a person has been having a few drinks, he's feeling a little bit tipsy, right? All of a sudden, like you know, a, a cop, a cop like pulls you over, right? You you, know, you, you, you sober up really quickly, right? <laughs> so they, they they actually say uh, in in, in Maiserav that on Purim the Vilna Gaon would would drink copiously and was very like merry and, and everything, and then like as soon as Purim was over. It was as if he like hadn't drank a thing. He'd just, like, be right back into learning. Total heaviness of of head, COVID rosh, zoom focused him you know, because he felt like okay, the mitzvah's over. Hashem is here. I'm I'm talking to Hashem. If you if you would have a revelation of Hashem, you would not have a difficulty brushing off a few drinks. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that is all. That is all from um, from how a person should conduct himself. That's what we spoke about last week. Now, in Ozvav, we're moving on to the next condition, which is the condition of who the person is himself. Because remember, number one, I need to myself be a vessel, and the other thing is I need to have a pipe that is actually bringing the divine influence to me. Right? So... The pipe is the Torah. The pipe to be open means it has to be. You have to turn on the right things. You have to treat it properly. But then you also have to have a vessel down here. So if the person is a a Russia, right, a, a bad person, so the pasuk says, "Ula Russia Amar Elokim," and to an evil person, Hashem says. Malicha lesaper hukai. What is it to you to talk about my uh, judgments? Means like you don't, you anyway don't respect what I, what I say, right? You, you're not you're not interested in knowing what I want done, right? So and now you're gonna sit here and you're gonna be learning of my Torah and you're gonna be uh, um, figuring out what my intention is. You don't care anyway. So what about Rishoyim that 
are that are that were very learned. That we even spoke about in the social shara, right? So then they were not receiving any hashpa as they were learning. It was no different than learning a science textbook. The, the, I forget the, which one who would have walked side by side with David and Melech and Hashem. Where, where do you see? Yeah, Rechavim. Right. So Yeruvim, I meant Yeruvim, yeah. Okay, so if he would have just made the one choice that he would have said, like, okay, no, it's okay. He would have tshuva. I mean, if he did tshuva, but again, so that would have transformed him from being a Russian. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. right, right. And number one, and number two, we never see anywhere in Torah. Uh, I mean, he had been a, a, obviously a very high level person. If the Prophet gave him kingship, right? Mm-hmm. He, because of the corruption of honor. He went and did the unthinkable and caused the Jewish people to worship idols. Mm-hmm. If you do tshuva on that, then manage to undo that. You know, we're not talking about the, the learning. If a person is currently a Russia, while he's a Russia and he's learning, that learning is not gonna is not gonna have uh, its effect. In fact, that's I why. Such a high, I thought he was on a high level already from his learning. He was considered like such a Talmud Hacham. That but that must have happened necessarily before uh, he became a Russia. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Whatever learning he, that that gave him any spiritual level, right? right? Okay. The, the, the learning that a person does while a Russia does not give him uh, a spiritual boost. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about another very, very uh, different thing that it does do, but. We'll get there in a minute. I just want to say, um, so first of all, uh, so much so that the Gemur in Hulun says, anyone who teaches a Talmud who is not a fit person to learn, it's as if he threw a stone to the idol worship of Marculus, which was the way one would worship the idol, is to throw a stone at it. Which is really weird because usually you don't throw stones at deities, right? So it seems like you do a good thing. Look, I'm throwing a stone, but actually you're helping the idol worship. So, so to hear you're thinking you're teaching Torah, but you're really actually empowering a negative force in the world. Um, we know the the more Brachas talks about there was a very massive. Uh, dispute amongst the sages of Israel who to let into the base Midrash right uh, Rabban Gamliel was of the opinion that you should only allow people in who are what's called Toho Kabaro he is through and through a good person it means he's uh, just like he learns Torah uh, and all of his details he's someone who keeps everything as well He's a very righteous person. If he's that, he can come into the base midrash to learn. If not, you're not welcome. Um, that very strong attitude um, also led to some other <coughs> conflicts he had with Rabbi Yeshua, some other sages that people know about. The point is, in the end, um, People felt he was being too harsh. He was actually ousted from his n- nasihood. Um, and Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, even though he was a young man, was appointed to be the nasi. And he opened the doors of the Beis Midrash to anyone who wanted to come. And that day they added 
um, let's say 400 benches to the base measure. So obviously the Mephorshim point out it's a big number, um, but it's not. But so there's two ways you can understand it. One way you can understand it is that wow they add a lot of new people. On the other hand, now people have to set up benches. It means some Mephorshim understand until then they weren't sitting on benches and learning. They were learning standing up because there's a concept that every time that you learn Torah, it's as if you're right now receiving Torah from Harsinai, from Hashem. Now, Harsinai is called, or we refer to the Harsinai, not to forget the Maimud Harsinai, Ma'amad Harsinai. Jeff, what does that mean? The what? Standing in Mount Sinai. The standing in Mount Sinai, right? Because like, we all stood at Harsina, right? So you stand up when the king talks to you. You don't recline on the couch when the king is talking to you. Right? Not talking about sleeping, talking about learning Torah. Yeah, yeah, for sure not, right? So, so really, the way it used to be done is when people would learn Torah, they would stand up. Right? But when Ravazimad Azariah allowed all those other people in who maybe were not on as high of a level, the overall level of everyone went down so much so that they no longer had the strength to stand up and learn the whole day. Yeah. You say about certain big tzaddikim, one that I know of is Ramosha David Vali, the Talmud Haver of the Ramchal, he always learned standing up. Right? Others as well. Um, but the point is, that's the level of, like we were talking about before, right? It's, it's supposed to, you know, uh, not uncommon to see someone learning and they put their foot up on a, on, a, on a chair opposite them, right? In a very leisurely way, right? So, to understand how far we've fallen, that it was meant to be the person learning standing up. And then we got weak and we couldn't do it anymore, so they brought in benches. And part of that is because the people were not in the right madriga to be learning Torah, really. Right? So then everyone fell. They all, they, they needed benches. Okay, so bench is one thing. Okay, you need a chair with a, with, with, with a back? We'll get you that also. And a cushiony chair, fine. And, and these chairs over here in the call, right, they have like a little bit of a spring to them. You can even, like a little bit of a recliner type of thing, right? Okay. But you got to put your feet up in the basement. Enough is enough already, you know? Um, so that brought down everybody else. Yeah, but it, and it does. If one person puts up, puts his feet up in the base midrash, it brings everybody down. Even the really strong people. You, we are not immune to the environment that we're in. If you see someone learning with a, with a restlessness and a zaya and with a, with a trepidation and sweat and and an awareness of whom he's... Everyone's in Someone learning with his feet up, with a pina colada in his hands, eating sunflower seeds at the same time, it brings everybody down. Okay? So, that's... Um, in fact, the Orchus Chaim of the Rosh, the Rosh wrote, uh, Sefer of Musa, the Rosh, in the Usher, right? Great... Rishan um, legal authority probably for the Ashkenazim the single most important um, halakhic authority just like for the Sephardim it was the Rambam for us it was the Rosh yeah 
So the Rosh Orchus Chaim, where he says that a person every time before he sits down to learn Torah should do tshuva, because to whatever level a person is not clean of 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 chatoim uh, or of short of, of short fallings in his divine service, that will commensurate to that diminish the amount of ashpoh he gets. If you spend five minutes before learning invest that into doing tshuva, your whole learning will be on a 15% higher. So you, know, you, you have an option. You're going to learn for an hour. Right? You're going to get 60 minutes at... Marlis, I don't think about Rishon. I'm talking about a good person. Josh, he's a good guy. Look at him, right? So, uh, so that's a certain level. Right? You're going to get 60 minutes at a level 4, let's say, right? Or you could do tshuva for 10 minutes first. Pump yourself up to level six, and then you got fifty minutes at level six. So do the math. What's better, sixty minutes at level four or fifty minutes at level six? Anybody? Good. Okay. Leave it to the businessman to figure it out. Okay. So, uh, so the point is that a person should do tshuva. We say, by the way, in case anyone needs further, further proof that a person's attitude in learning is encoded into the law, where you spoke about the prohibition to learn Torah with, with dirty hands, grab a Gemara. Give me that Gemara, please. Grab any Gemara. You look on the inside cover. What does it say on the inside cover of the Gemara? Yeah, we say a prayer to Hashem, right? We say a prayer to Hashem. They all uh, asking that He should help us in this learning, right? It means we're putting Hashem right in front of us, front and center, right? Uh, in, in, in the Gemara, in the Gemara, not uh, not in Shulchan Aruch. Right there, that blue one, yeah. I love it. Son of Anacha, Hashem, Alkenu, Hashem Alokai, Shlo Yira, Dover, Takala. So we make an entire request Hashem, help me in my learning, basically, right? So by doing that, when you say that, what you're doing is you're. I'm sitting down over here with my safer, and you're saying, Hashem. I realize you're right here with me. Please be with me. Guide me. Help me. Help me in the learning of your Torah. That's the mindset. That's the mind frame a person should be having when learning Torah. Okay? So, that is, that is the, so we discussed the two conditions not, uh, of learning Torah in order to receive that unbelievable level of Hashpah, the high level of Hashpah. Now, at this point, if we stop right here, uh, then one would conclude that if he knows someone who is not fit to learn Torah, he's not a good person, he's still doing a virus, right? You know, someone, say, uh, <clears throat> you know, someone very uh, interested in learning Torah, he doesn't keep kashras. Okay, doesn't keep kashras. So you say, okay, so I'm sorry, can't teach you. Right? Because look, it's, by teaching you, it's like throwing a stone 
to the to to, to the uh, more cold, right? To, to, to the idol worship. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So says the Ramchal. Although that is true, means it's actually a negative thing. What's happening? Because like we said before, that it's a disgrace if this person is listening to the king, smiling, nodding, and then like turning around. And, and, and doing the opposite, right? That, that's not... Uh, it's, it's a negative thing, in fact. So then you shouldn't do it. Says the, says the Ramchal, an unbelievable thing. Vafal Pikein, nonetheless, even though I've told you that the Hashpa comes in um, only with that. Raz Gadol Gilu Lanu Gilu There's a great secret that our sages reveal to us. Now, what, this is a secret. Everything else is not a secret. Let me ask you a question. Did you know this before I told, before before you spoke about these conditions? Oh, you did. Okay. Well, so some people might not have known these things, right? So, uh, so um, um, I mean, there's a lot of new information in 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 the, the Derech Hashem, in the Sefer, right? So, what does he mean that? It's a great secret. See, you know what he means is, what he means is a secret? You're telling me about it, right? So, how, what kind of a secret is it? Is we, don't, we wouldn't understand how it is, right? Everything I said so far makes a lot of sense, right? If you want to hear the Word of God talking to you, you got to be listening for the Word of God. If, if you're treating it as a math book, that's what you're going to get, right? If you're not a person who's fit for it, it also makes sense, right? All, all these things have been making sense. Now, say something that... Only on a very, very, very deep level, if you can get to that very, very deep place, then you can understand how it makes sense. Otherwise, superficially, it seems counterintuitive. Yeah? What's this big secret that the rabbis revealed to us? She'ilu lohayu harishoyim ozim es Talmud HaTorah. If the evil people would not stop learning Torah, meaning they would, even though they're evil, they're doing a virus all day long, but they would still continue learning, Sof shehayu chosen lemutov. In the end, they would repent. They would do shuv. They would come back. And therefore, even though right now what they're doing is a negative thing, right? It's it's a bizayim, right? The guy's sitting there with with dirty hands and with a pina colada and having just finished his non-kosher McDonald's lunch. Yeah, and he's learning. Torah, it's a very negative thing seemingly, it's true, but nonetheless this learning will help him to come back. Even though they bring down no divine influence whatsoever in their learning of it, right? the pipe is closed, nothing coming. Kvar divrei haTorah beatzmam mekudoshim veomdim. The words of Torah, the pipe itself has been seeped with the flow of whatever is the, you know, the uh, right the, the with the light, right? And therefore, by simply the pipe is closed right now, right? Guys. So putting a pipe in his mouth, sucking on it, nothing coming down. But but the walls themselves have absorbed. They themselves have some of this kedusha in them. Ad shebe has if you would 
on a very no, uh, regular basis, a very serious way, learn the words of Torah, even though he's not the right person, he's not doing the right thing, right? He would get little tiny residue, little little bit. So if you keep your mouth on that pipe long enough, right, little by little, he'll, he'll start to absorb some stuff through it. It's like it's like a little, like a little, uh, like the appearance of of, of, a, of a radius. There's a little bit of a, a little bit of a radiance. Uh, those that are going to be involved in it, In the end, it will strengthen and and overpower his negative influences. And it will help him to come back to the good. This is what the sages darshan out from the Pasuk. Pasuk says, <coughs> the Pasuk says, uh, um, something like, they've abandoned me and they've abandoned my Torah. And, and they've stopped reading my Torah. Right, so Chazal see that, oh, so you see, it's getting worse. Not only did they abandon me, but they've stopped reading my Torah. So you see, for, so Hashem is as if He's saying, "Halavai, O si ozvu, v'sorosi shamoru." Would the only that it should be that me they would abandon, but at least my Torah they should continue learning. I mean, you should have said it the other way around. They left my Torah, and not only that, but they left me. Yeah, but it says the other way around. They left me, and they even left my Torah. Sounds like okay. If they would have left me, but still had kept on to my Torah, it would have been something. So therefore, halavai. If it would only be Osi Ozvu that they would leave me the Sarasi Shamru, but at least they would keep my Torah. Shahame or Shaba that the light that is contained in it, Magzir and Lamutu, would bring them back to being good. Now, this should be preference. This is all only if a person is learning it to understand it and with a, a, a genuine uh, desire to understand, to know. Right? However, if the person is doing it with ill intent, he's doing it to show off, he's doing it to put other people down, he's doing it to um, prove some sort of a point or whatever it is, then that then then it's on the contrary. He has nothing. And uh, in fact, Hazal say that it would be better that uh, he were never born than, than, than do this. It's like a real... I mean, misusing, there's a difference between just not using the Torah correctly versus actually misusing, using it as a tool to put other people down, to, you know, to, uh, to show off or, 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 or such negative things. That would be better if you didn't do it at all. Amnam, Pashatku, Shayna Dvorim Amurim Bimi, Shisasik Ba, Derek, Schok, Hisul, not allowed to doing it. As a way of making fun, or like a, you know, uh, you're learning it to show that, it, that these are not that these things don't make sense. Oh, legadol ba, legadol spanim ba, shlokachot, or to you know, figure out ways to permit, you know, whatever it is. Uh, to say that oh, it's okay for people to drive on Shabbos, or, you know, or some silly thing, right? Oh, she sasik ba 
Rather, a person, at least, you should be learning it like the guy, the way a guy learns uh, math or uh, you approach it with a serious way. You, you want to you wanna, try to understand a subject, try to understand a, a system. He's approaching with that, he's looking to understand a system of wisdom. Necessarily, maybe, maybe he's not a believer right now, maybe he's not uh, relating to it as the word of God, but... Uh, but he's taking it seriously and he wants to understand what the Torah is saying, then, then, okay, then, then, eventually it'll have an impact on him. Okay, um, O's Zion. <coughs> Obviously what we said, that, uh, a person has to, not, has to be, uh, a person's righteousness, um, actually plays a important determining factor in his in how much the learning so far we just said he can't be a Russian right now I already alluded to this by talking about doing chuba beforehand even if you're a good person not used to be right even if you're a good person to try to go to a higher level as what the Ramkal says that really depending on the person's level um, there's no end to how much you can go higher and higher and higher it means the more of a tzaddik a person is, the more of a chassid he is, the more of a yushamayim he is, the more power his power will have. Right? Imagine again, you got the pipe, but how you know, how fast is the flow? How much? You know, how how high is the pressure? Right? That'll depend on again a his overall who he is, and b his state of mind at the time that he's learning. Right, the level of reverence that he has when he's learning. So much so that they say about Yonson ben Uziel that, uh, that at the time that he would be learning Torah, uh, any bird that would fly above him, what, you guys had that happen to you recently? <laughs> No, we and our powers combined, yeah. No, we were, we're learning the Gomorrah. This morning. That the bird would be burnt up by the spiritual fire that surrounded him, right, at the time of learning, that's a pretty high level. He was, on the, he was the highest. Of the students of Hill. Right. Yeah. So that is the short synopsis of learning Torah. Any questions? Okay, so we still have another five minutes. We can, uh, we can uh, dive into <coughs> the was the Ramchal in uh, back in Chelik Rishon. Herak Dalit calls Shnei and Tsoyim Chazakim the two uh, powerful intermediaries that every person carries inside himself. I mean, compared to everything else that we have at our disposal, with the exception of Torah, that's an outside power, right? But what we have at our disposal, these two empower all of our Avodos Hashem. Which means, again, back to, you know, kind of raising the level, right? You can learn for 60 minutes on one level, right? Or if you invest some time into high leverage, you know, to, to sharpen the saw, so to speak, right? And you have a little bit less time for it, but learning to be so much more powerful, right? So, too, that goes for all mitzvahs. 
right? And that is Yira and Ahab. These are the two wings with which the bird flies. Right? You want to fly? These are your two powerful modes of doing that is Yira and Ahava. And the more that you have, the more everything else gets empowered and uplifted. Okay, so we spoke about it back then. So we'll, uh, but the Ramchal revisits it again over here as the mitzvah. So, um, <clears throat> first we'll talk about Yira. We want to talk about Yira first, because if you look in the Ramchal, as well as in the Rambam, the process of the actual practical process of going about acquiring Yira and Ahava always begins with Yira and then moves over to Ahava. Now the Ramchal here points out they're not talking about uh, we're talking about true Yira and true Ahava as opposed to the more childish Yira and Ahava where Yira would be the fear of punishment and Ahava would be the the desire for um, you know, for reward right uh, the, the, oh he's going to get me a good comfy place in the old right no, we're talking about higher level than that which is called the true Yira true Ahava true Yira is the awe of Hashem and true Ahava is the arousal to, the desire to serve him that comes from the awe so that's the point that's why Yira has to come first because only once you recognize the differential between us and Hashem that's what Yira is Yira is understanding how great he is and how lowly I am in comparison, you see this massive gap. That's the year. That's what makes a person become uh, embarrassed and want to shrivel up and realize his lowliness compared to the you know, to the perfection of, the, of, of, of Hashem. And then that itself brings, and that's how the Rambam describes it as well. Uh, and then that itself brings a person to the next stage of realizing if I could only have something to do with him, if I could, you know, hold a candle, how, you know, in any way spread the fame of his name or, or something, if I could do something, that would be everything else, my life is worthless compared to that. Right? And that brings a person to the tremendous arousal to want to do, to want to be close, to want to serve in front of him. That's Ava. Right? So Ava has to come from Yira. We live in a very interesting generation where people um, have an aversion to Yira. They want to jump to the Ava, straight to the Ava. Ava, we love, we love, that, that's a very positive feeling, very warm and cuddly feeling, right? Uh, Yira is kind of negative, you feel how lowly you are, how small you are, you're embarrassed of your very existence, right? That's not a very pleasant feeling to have, 
right? People uh, tend to not be very big fans of, you know, Rosh Hashanah or, or you know, Yom Kippur, appreciating Pesach and Sukkot much more, right? So, um, so, but the, the, we see here that, that Yira is the beginning year at least um, so that's that's going to be one we'll have to discuss this more at length there's a little bit of a hagdama so we'll uh, we'll let us pick up next week right here okay.